Welcome back to Ambition and Grit with Dave Leninger. If you're dreaming of starting a business or are new to business, you've likely heard the statistics that on average, 50% of small businesses fail within the first five years. While this may not be very encouraging when you're first starting out, it's important to remember that failure is not always the end of the story for an entrepreneur. In today's episode, Dave shares about his failures in the first five years of starting Remax. He gives practical advice for dealing with your competition, managing capital and cash flow, and growing yourself and your business. Let's tune in to hear what Dave experienced in the early years of building Remax. first two years was an absolute disaster. Some of it self-made, some of it industry-made. We revolutionized the way salespeople are compensated in the real estate industry. Before Remax came along, brokers would split their commissions with their agents on basically a 50-50 split. We were trying to change an industry. We tried to explain to salespeople, work in a co-op with us, keep almost all your commission for yourself. You pay your pro rata share of being in the office. Very much like a group of attorneys, architects, doctors, dentists that all share office space, reception area, pay their share of the overhead, but they keep what they generate for themselves. So it's far less expensive to do that than to go out and start a one or two person shop with nobody else around to help you build your business. The powers to be in the business of real estate were very much against this. If we succeeded, they would have to pay their agents far more than a 50-50 split. And so the entire management of the industry tried to drive us out of business. And actually, they didn't have to work too hard because I did a pretty good job of putting us out of business by myself. But Dave knew he was on to an industry-disrupting idea. He knew if he could just hang on long enough, his idea could change the way real estate was done around the world. We named the company Remax because nobody wanted to call it Dave Laniger Realty including myself. We came up with real estate maximums, maximum service for the customer, because we'd have all full-time people, maximum recruiting for the broker, because we'd get paid the best and easiest to recruit, theoretically, and maximum commission for the agent. We looked at that and we'd shortened it down to RE Max. And then we thought somebody would think there's a Mr. or Mrs. RE Max. So we're back to somebody's name. Exxon had just come up with their new name and they had a couple of slashes in it, and it's short, five letters or whatever it was. And so, hey, how about RE slash MAX, Remax? However, it was going to be tough to get Remax off the ground in an industry resistant to change. Dave found his competitors working to run him out of business as soon as he opened his doors. But that didn't stop him or the Remax team. When we opened our first office, I thought this sounded so great that everybody would want to work for us. It did not quite work that way. Our first advertisement in the business section of the paper said, why split your commissions? I got over 1,100 phone calls, 100 of them life-threatening. We're going to run you out of business. You're a rent a desk, you're a fraud, you're this, you're that. And then 1,000 were real estate agents that said, well, how does this work? I did 204 face-to-face interviews and signed up four of the 204. That's pretty discouraging. As we expanded, we had a base of investors that said they were gonna finance us. Unfortunately, they were in the condo business, 
land development, mountain places. And when we started in 73, the first oil embargo hit. Nobody had gasoline to drive in the mountains to buy these lots or timeshares. And they went broke, and we never got the capital that was promised, but we had already started opening two or three offices on the basis that we thought the money was coming. So I scrambled, went to some banks, sold some of my own personal real estate, and we kept the company alive. By the end of the second year, we were in debt to about $600,000. And at that time, we still were growing very, very slowly. Being a real estate agent has always been a difficult job. But when Remax started, only retirees or people who could afford to take the risk became agents. Dave knew that if he could incentivize more people to enter the business, it would create a win-win for the brokerage and for the agents. The interesting fact the audience probably doesn't know was before 1970 or 71, only about 2% of the realtors in the United States were women. And it was considered an old white-haired man's game made up mostly of retired teachers, civil servant workers, military that got out, had the compensation of working 30 years, and they could afford to start out on a commission basis. And all of a sudden, about 1970, the baby boom generation finally started getting to family formation and women started coming in the business. A lot of them were part-time housewives. They had a professional husband that paid the income, they didn't have to have a commission, and they were able to survive the three, six, nine months of learning before they started to be productive. As the women came in the business, the old line was very much against women. It was a good old boys club, and the attitude was, this is a man's game. I never understood the prejudice against women. My mother was a woman, I loved her. My wife was a woman, I loved her, and they were smart. Ideally, women are better at real estate than most men. Men talk about construction and talk about things that really don't matter to the housewife. The housewife talks about schools, shopping, parks, that type of thing. And so women are unique in the way they approach the sales process. So the way that we grew was the first year we had 21 agents. The second year we doubled exactly, our goals were, and we had 42. The next year it doubled again to 84. The fourth year, we got to 134, and then the fifth year, we got to 289. By the time we got to 289, we were 80% women. We'd become number one in the state in transactions, income, sales volume, and every other measure. In the next two years, several hundred of the men from the all-men companies quit their companies and joined the very band of ladies who'd kicked their butts. Despite a turbulent first few years, Remax survived and began to exponentially grow, making it the iconic brand it is today. So what kept Dave and his ragtag team going through all the obstacles and struggles of those early years? We learned that we wouldn't quit. And uh, I have a military background and I understand you, know, you get in the fight, you never quit. That was my attitude. If organized real estate had treated me like another realtor, and when the bad market hit, the recession, the oil embargo, and they put their arms around me and said, geez, Dave, you just started your business at the wrong time, I probably could have quit. But as it was, all these people were saying, it's crooked, it's rented desk, you're stupid, you don't know how to run a business, and all that stuff. I was just, by God, you're gonna have to kill me to get me out of this business, because I'm gonna make it work. And fortunately for me, Gail was just as stubborn, 
And we worked for two years without an income, lived off of savings and what we could borrow. And we had two or three other partners came along that worked just as hard. And then all of a sudden, you start to compound. And once we became number one in Denver and we started franchising, it was an easy sale to go to another city and say, you could do this in Atlanta, you could do this in Chicago. We didn't start with superstars. Everybody thought we did, but I couldn't get any of the big hitters to join the company. They all said, you make it work and we'll join. I had to take the same number of beginners, part-timers, very low-income people, and personally teach, go on their calls, help them get their listings, make sure they made it. Well, all of a sudden, a year or two into it, these guys and gals, they're making $100,000 a year, $150,000 a year, which was far outpacing what the big players were making on a 50-50 split. And so all of a sudden, that started waking everybody up, and most of my people made it. We had very few that gave up or quit, and that just made it easier to recruit the next group, and the rest is history. Over his 50 years of business, Dave has learned valuable lessons from building Remax and now investing in new business ventures. If you are a founder, there are some important things to do and to avoid in the early years of your business. Here's my advice if you're in a startup phase, first five years of your business. Bear in mind the first year or two is going to be much harder than the next two or three. If you anticipate that, it's like the Navy SEALs have a saying, the only easy day was yesterday because there are no easy days. But once you're up, you're educated, you're trained, you've got momentum, you got money and profits, you can hire better people that can do a better job than you can do yourself, then it becomes an easy game. So make sure that you are well capitalized. Make sure that you have a support group around you that will help you get through this. One of my favorite books of all time was Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill, that's one of the best-selling books in the history of the English language, by the way. And it was a basic, simple plan. And it wasn't about getting rich. The title worked because it was written during the Depression and everybody was broke. But it was really goal-setting. And it was basically five or six, seven steps. Look at what you want to do. Set a reasonable, attainable goal. If it's a big goal, set reasonable, attainable beginning steps. Make a written plan. Gather yourself a group of like-minded individuals that will encourage you and maybe be able to give you advice in areas that maybe you haven't had experience in, and they'll mentor you for free. Follow up, you're making a blueprint of your business. Is it working? Is it not working? What works? Do more of what works and less of what didn't work. Experiment around and keep going until you get to your end goal. That works just as good for a 22-year-old as it does a 50-year-old. Oftentimes, there is a belief that you must be a certain age or have a certain level of experience before starting a business. Dave was only 27 years old when he started Remax, and much of his corporate team was composed of young people in their 20s and 30s. Youth can be an advantage, but only if you build things the right way. You know, there's a philosophy in the internet group that says, borrow everybody's money, go try, fail fast, close it down, try another one, fail faster, and then sooner or later one of the eight or ten ideas is going to work. I'm totally against that philosophy. The people that loaned us money, whether it be vendors or small business people or the local weekly newspaper, they really get hurt if you file bankruptcy and you don't pay what you said you would. I had always figured that I was a man of my word, 
If I told somebody I was going to pay him back, I would pay him back. That came back in spades for us. It's just amazing how kind some of our creditors were when they knew we were struggling, but we told them every time we talked to them, we are not giving up. This is going to work. What you have to understand is it's great to have experience. It's wonderful if you have a college education in the background of what you're trying to build, but enthusiasm, confidence, personal belief, getting the right people surrounding you to help you build this thing, and you'd be surprised how well young people can do. Every generation looks back at the next generation and thinks, oh, they're lazy, they don't know what they're doing, they don't dress right. It doesn't make any difference. Every generation has superstars. Sometimes you got to mature for a while, but there's no reason youngsters can't start. You look at some of the tech titans, whether you're any of the brand names that you know, from Steve Jobs to Gates, they were all starting their business in college. You know, you do what you have to do to start the business. A lot of times you have some, but not near enough, and the banks aren't going to lend to you unless you've got some really good assets that they know they can get their money back. You start with what you've got, and then you crowdfund with friends and family. If your mom and dad believe in what you're doing and they know you pretty well, they saw you work your way through college, they know you got the courage for it and that you'll stick with it, often they're more than happy to give you a loan on favorable terms and other friends. And then sometimes your employees will jump in say, yeah, I think this is really going to work. I'd like to be in this thing too. So it's important to have some capitalization, but you're always thinking about how am I sure I'm still going to be in business in six months. Even though the early years were perilous adventure, Dave persevered and built Remax into the success it is today. Here are two important pitfalls Dave recommends avoiding as you build your business with passion and vision. Number one, not having enough financial backing. Nothing ever goes as fast as you think it will and costs as little as you hope it will. And so the financial backing gives you the staying power to live through your mistakes, to kind of enhance your product or service to where it becomes more and more valuable. I think the other thing is truly not having the vision of what you're trying to do. A lot of people will look at me today and say, well, boy, it really worked out. You really got rich. I was never in it for the money. I mean, I wanted a good living. I wanted to change the lives of real estate agents, but that was our mission all along. We proved the concept. Thanks so much for tuning into today's show. To find more episodes of the show and learn more about Dave and his story of ambition and grit, visit ambitionandgrit.com. And if you love the show, be sure to hit subscribe and leave a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, remember, everything in life worth having takes a little ambition and grit.